BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. On the 4th of July this year, a group of Martinez residents painted Black Lives Matter in giant letters in front of the county courthouse. People who had never met each other before came together to make it happen. But shortly after, a white couple, also from Martinez, defaced it in broad daylight. I think it was really a a momentum changer where people saw activism happening in their city and knew that this was the beginning of something big. There aren't huge headlines about policing in Martinez, but that hasn't stopped some residents from protesting and organizing anyway, because they want to make sure that kind of thing doesn't happen by having a public conversation about race that hasn't happened before. Today, what organizers are rallying around in Martinez. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Welcome to the Bay. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. So Martinez sits along the Carquina Strait. Uh, it's basically right across the, the strait from where I live in Vallejo. Devin Karayama is the regular host of The Bay. He reported this story on Martinez, which is the second in our three-part series on policing, race, and local elections. It's a city that I've hung out in before. It's a city that I've reported in before. And people describe it as this kind of quaint, quiet, multi-generational family city with about 37,000 people. Um, One person kind of told me it was 
a city that was kind of untouched by time, which I thought was a really interesting description. But it was also a place that got national attention after a number of racist incidents that happened over the summer and following some of the George Floyd protests. So that was kind of why I was interested in following up with what was going on there. It's charming, kind of sleepy town, you know, everybody, hi, hi, how are you, you know. Nakenya Allen moved there 12 years ago. She lives in the city with her three-year-old son. You look at each other when you're walking by. Um, It's just like really mellow normally. And she moved to the city for a lot of the reasons that I just talked about. It was quaint, quiet, um, that it was affordable for her. And in her neighborhood in late June, these white pride flyers, anti-Black Lives Matter flyers, showed up. I think we've all, I want to say, the older Martinez and the transplants in recent times have gotten kind of a jolt in what our ideas were of this town. And I'm like, wait a minute, I live here. I have a black son. And so I was very motivated. So that was the first time when she really started thinking, what can I do? And remember, this is late June. So George Floyd protests had already started to to happen around the country and in Martinez. There had been some demonstrations earlier that month. Um, but these flyers were kind of the the ignition point for her to think about what can I do? And so she started working to organize a rally for Martinez. And Nikenya at the time probably felt like she was operating on her own, but she wasn't the only Martesian who was thinking about this and who was who was reacting and planning things. Spending eight years here and wanting to engage in demonstrations and actions, we'd have to go to bigger cities. In a different part of town, you have Justin Gomez, who, like Nikenya, moved to Martinez within the last decade or so. He, he lives there with his family. He's a 34-year-old guy who felt invigorated by the George Floyd protests as well. The scale and the urgency of the moment really seemed to be calling for us to address this in our community and for us as a community as Martesians to say, we are here, we are for Black lives, we are for racial justice, and we're going to start organizing and, and mobilizing to broach this subject here in our town. So during June, during this summer where people are actually showing up on the streets in Martinez, and then all of a sudden these white pride flyers show up in late June, that's kind of the thing that tipped Justin over the edge to act more quickly. That's when he went directly to the city and said, we need to do a Black Lives Matter mural to show that we are in support of Black Lives. And these are murals that have happened in other cities as well, but he thought it was really important that Martinez take that stand. And the city allowed him to do that. The city um, granted approval and in fact co-sponsored the event that happened on July 4th, where about 100 people came out and they painted these, these big letters on the street right in downtown, right in front of the county courthouse, Black Lives Matter. Um, So that was seen as kind of this really big success for the city and and, a really big stand that they took at that time. And what did Justin say about why he thought this was an important thing to do? For Justin and for a lot of people that I talked to, Martinez is his home. And so for him, it was very personal 
to to have Martinez take that stand and to and to find his neighbors who who he knew felt similarly to him. I knew there were potentially people in our community who were like-minded, who wanted to do things. I think in a small town it's easy it's it's easy easy to know neighbors, but it's also easy to kind of just, you know, get lost too and and not know people. Um, and so I think this was the first time when a lot of people started saying, you know, it was really cool seeing people who I never knew lived here and and meeting people and, and hearing from them and talking to them and, and basically sharing this moment with them. And what happened after the mural was painted? So shortly after a group comes out and paints Black Lives Matter on the street, a couple shows up. We're sick of this narrative, that's what's wrong. Nicole Anderson and David Nelson. Yeah, the narrative of police brutality, the narrative of oppression. The narrative and this is all caught on video. They start painting black paint over the letters. And what's so striking about this video, it's on July 4th. It's in the middle of, of downtown Martinez, and it's happening in broad daylight. You know what? All lives matter, dude. I ain't down for this Black Lives Matter, no lives. Yeah, all lives matter. All lives matter. And in the video, I mean, you can see people arguing with the couple on the street and and having that conversation about what Black Lives Matter even means. All lives matter. No, they don't. Until Black Lives Matter, all lives don't matter. All lives do matter. No, they don't. The DA is charged them with hate crimes. They they pled not guilty uh, in January. I think they have their next hearing, but but that was the moment that put Martinez in the national spotlight. And how did the Martinez residents respond to the mural being defaced? Like, what were other people saying about now being in the spotlight for this, you know, incident that was caught on on video? A lot of the residents that I talked to were really disheartened, were really mad that Martinez was seen in this kind of spotlight. I was expecting someone to come under the cover of darkness, and we had prepared for that, but I literally left that mural site that day, and somewhat I saw that now viral video. There are residents of Martinez who don't support Black Lives Matter and who support what Nicole Anderson and David Nelson did. We knew it was here, but the intensity that has has been broached has been yeah. hard to digest at times. Now that this conversation was kind of broken open in Martinez, it was something that I think people felt like nobody could ignore. So following what happened to the mural, that's when you start to see uh, people coming together and figuring out in which ways they can start to work together going forward. There was a really big rally that was already in the works. But that got even bigger on July 12th. And this is the rally that Nakenya Allen. My name is Nakenya. I have been here for 12 years. Helped lead. I am no activist, but as we all have seen the last few years, a lot has been going on and people have been assimilating as they need to. She reached out to an outside group, a friend who, who works with Together We Stand, 
which is kind of this activist group that works in the region. I am very grateful for the allies that came together. As I said, this is a really big event and I was able and blessed enough to meet people who were more experienced in doing this and to make sure that we were safe and having everything covered so that we could have our voices heard here. And why did Nikenya believe that she needed to get outside help to get things done? Martina doesn't have the protests that, you know, Oakland, San Francisco and Berkeley have had. Sometimes they even point to, to Walnut Creek or Concord as places where, where they need to go if they want to show up for, for their cause, for Black Lives Matter. And for a lot of Martesians, they felt like this was the moment. This summer of protest was the moment where they could make the stand in Martinez. But this is my fight now. This is my town. And I am definitely ready for to do whatever it is I need to do to get things done around here. And starting in July, you start to see a lot of people showing up to city council meetings, asking the city council to take a big stand against what happened, saying that change needs to happen, saying that we need to address systemic racism, saying all the things that, that are being said in other cities, but saying it in a city that hasn't had to deal with this problem or be confronted with it in the way that it is right now. Yeah, so it was kind of like this beginning of establishing an infrastructure for activism in, in Martinez that these folks were really building separately, but were now kind of doing together. Exactly, yeah. Coming up, what activists want to do to make sure Martinez never makes headlines for police violence. Hey there, this is Alan Monticilio. I'm the editor of The Bay. KQED is hoping to learn more about how you listen to podcasts and what you love about them. So if you have just 10 minutes to spare, please fill out our podcast survey. It's at kqed.org slash podcast survey. I know there's so much going on right now, but if you have the time, we'd really, really appreciate it. This will help us, help me, Devin, Erica, all of us at KQED continue to bring you shows that matter to you. So once again, that's kqed.org slash podcast survey. And thanks. So I think an interesting part of what's happening in Martinez is that other than the mural being painted over, there isn't a single incident, egregious thing that the city's done or that the police department's done. There isn't a, a George Floyd or a Sean Monteros in Vallejo. So... A lot of the things that people are asking for and demanding at City Hall are are things that are going on in other cities, like defunding the police, like reallocating resources to community programs to support more mental health. Um, they want stronger statements from the city council in support of Black Lives Matter. Some people want to get a citizen oversight committee for police. Um, these are all things that are happening around the Bay Area not in Martinez. And so you're seeing people showing up and asking for all these things that they know can address some of the systemic racism that exists everywhere. I mean, can you kind of explain, like, what do they say about why they want these changes if there isn't one single event to kind of galvanize around? I mean, I think Justin Gomez put it best, like, 
Martinez is trying to prevent a George Floyd incident. There's issues in police departments across the country and in Martinez that need to be addressed in some capacity, and we need to have those hard conversations so we don't have a George Floyd type incident. If we aren't having those types of conversations and we think our police departments are going to be okay, I think we're short-sighted as, as communities. The activists who are showing up in support of Black Lives and coming to the city council meetings, they know that Martinez isn't unique. They know this kind of thing is, is systemic and pervasive all over. You know, we hear constantly that it's not in Martinez, it's not in Martinez. Yeah, we don't have racism here. Oh, we don't have police brutality here. But really, it's the systems that are rotten to the core. So while you may not see it, eventually it will reveal itself. None of what we've seen in these past few weeks comes from something new in our community. These are just things rising to the surface that have been here all along. And so they're not even just talking about the police. They're talking about the school system. They're talking about city policies. They also have their own experiences with racism in the city to kind of draw on, whether it's Nikenya's experience in her neighborhood or, or the mural. Yes, yeah. Every day across the street from Martinez Junior High, a house flew the Confederate flag. When the hate flyers were found, they had a very personal and profound impact on my family members. I grew up as one of the homeless children in the marina with my mom, and she was constantly harassed by police officers. It's like peeling back the layers of the possibilities of racism in the city. And and these folks are really kind of trying to make sure it doesn't escalate further, really, because I imagine seeing white pride flyers in your neighborhood is is not fun. Totally. And, and that is exactly why people are showing up at city council meetings and saying, we need to address this now before it gets really bad. Talk to me a little bit about what what kinds of actions the city council in Martinez has has attempted to make has or has done kind of in response to some of these uh, requests from from people in the community. So there have been a number of things that have been said by city council members following a lot of the racist incidents over the summer. After the white pride flyers showed up, there's a statement by the mayor saying, you know, how inclusive Martinez is and and that they support black lives. There's also a resolution that the city council passed in early July before the mural was painted over that essentially said that the city supports all Martesians, um, how inclusive they, they want the city to be. Um, a lot of people feel like they need to go a step further. A lot of people feel like they need to make a much more public statement, especially following the, the mural being painted over to say that we support black lives. This is especially important to, to Kenya. You know, we're not the majority in this town, but there was no shortage in our voices um, to the city council to let them know how that mural made us feel symbolically standing with us in town. The one thing that the city has in the works that seem to have some promise is this task force that the city's trying to develop. And the idea was to essentially look at systemic racism within all aspects of the city. And a lot of people came out early 
and supported this. I do believe we need a citizen-led task force. For many reasons, I urge you to establish an anti-racist task force. Speak on my support of the citizens task force. I urge you all to approve the anti-racist task force. There was a decision made by the city council to let the city manager essentially pick a community panel that would ultimately pick the nine members of the appointed task force. And those are the people who would do the work, who would look, decide what they wanted to look at, decide how to look at it, and come up with recommendations for how the city could could make change. But what ended up happening was when the appointees were announced last week, 64% of the committee was white. We're not ready to move forward with this. If this is the pool that we got and we have one black person. So I find it unacceptable that 64% of the panelists are identified as white. It almost has a feeling of tokenism. You should at least have more than one black person on this panel. This is insane. And ultimately what ended up happening is that the city tabled it. And I mean, they're gonna go back and, and figure out how they might be able to do more outreach. I mean, the NAACP, and Contra Costa came to the meeting and said, why didn't you reach out to us? We're, we're obviously already doing the work. So I think there's going to be more outreach, but it's very unclear what they're going to do at this point. Would you say there's like a, a communication gap between the two kind of sides? I would say there's an education gap between the mm. two. I think the people who are showing up who are activists have a very clear understanding about what systemic racism and how it shows up. I'm not 100% convinced that the city council quite understands it. It, it, It's hard because you can tell the council members want to hear them out and and they care. And I I look forward to our future conversations about, uh, you know, what we're going to do, not what we're going to say, but what we're going to do to ensure that Martinez is the welcoming, accepting, tolerant diversity that we hope it is. And if you haven't experienced or seen racism, you're lucky in a certain sense, or maybe you just don't see it. But it does exist. Uh, I grew up here, and uh, there were only 5,000 people when I was a kid. And uh, not everybody's perfect in this town, including me. But it's clear that the people who are pleading with them to do something, not that they don't feel listened to, but they feel like the council doesn't quite understand this moment that we're in. They definitely don't have the lived experience. It's an all-white council. Um, and I'm not even sure they have the institutional experience as well, because you're, you're, you, you hear some of them acknowledge that I need help with this. But what do we do as a predominantly white community? I don't want us to step into the trap of telling the black community what to do about it. Being an old white guy, I, just like you, I, I'm in kind of the same quandary. Um, I don't want to. I, I don't. I don't know what what I can do as mayor. I need to. I need people to help me. Help me get there. Justin was telling me how some city council member asked him what BIPOC meant. They don't understand. It's like you're asking me as a person of color to simply explain an acronym to you that could easily be discovered by Google. It's clear that the council needs help and they've asked for help. How do local leaders in Martinez feel about what's happening in their city around activism and trying to address racism? 
I reached out to all the city council members to ask some basic questions about, you know, the actions that they've taken. How do they feel about this moment? None of the city council members got back to me. I mean, we kind of get a sense for for how they feel in the city council meetings. That is their public forum to to make statements and to make action. But I was able to reach out to Police Chief Manjit Sapal. And uh, I've been with the Martinez Police Department for uh, a little over five years. He said that he was scared to lead a conversation about race in the city as the, the police chief of Martinez. It's a complicated discussion, and I, I'm not really sure that I'm the most equipped. Um, I'm a good listener, but maybe maybe that's out of my, my, my scope. Uh, because if it's not done right, I think you can actually cause more damage. And he speaks to experiencing racism himself. But when I asked him you know, flat out, like, do you think systemic racism exists in policing in general in this country? That's a hard question for me to answer, honestly. I think... Um, What's, is it hard because you don't have the data? Is it hard because you don't necessarily believe in the idea? Is it hard? No, it's not that I don't believe in the idea. I think, um, you know, I have to... I evaluate things based on my own experience, right? So, I mean, growing up here as an immigrant, um, you know, kind of uh, English is my second language, um, uh, you know, having run-ins with the police. I, I don't... Um, it's interesting because my experiences would not lead me to believe that's the case. But if you ask my parents, they would say absolutely. What does all of this kind of mean for the local elections in Martinez? How is it kind of spilling over into the local city council race? The more you watch the city council meetings, the more you learn that there are people who just don't feel represented by the current council. And so I guess I'm not surprised that there are three people who are running against the incumbents. One longtime incumbent, Mark Ross, who's been on the council for more than 20 years. Wow. Uh, two newcomers are running in that race. Uh, one is Daniel Leahy, who's in his 30s, uh, who's a relatively uh, new resident to Martinez. And the other is Alicia Rain Marizani, who's a 22-year-old who, who grew up in Martinez, who's, who's been showing up at the, the rallies, um, and, and who feels like you know, that education gap between the current council and what the people are asking for is, is so big and deserves, you know, deserves somebody to be represented on the council who understands the language of what people are, are talking about. When you think about the protests that happened this summer, you think about the conversations that the residents are having with city council and this, this just communication gap. Um, it's it's not surprising to me that there are people who who felt empowered and and who felt like there was momentum enough to run. I think it's it's going to be a uphill battle for a number of reasons. Um, and also remember, like this is a city where a lot of residents stand up for their police department. And the police department, in a way, supports the council. I mean, the police union is backing a couple of the council incumbents who are running this election. So I think, like, thinking about people taking a stand in a city like Martinez isn't like people standing up in Oakland and, and taking a stand. They're, they're putting a lot of themselves out there and being very vulnerable right now. But I also feel like the election is just one small part of this story. I think the much bigger story is that people now know who 
you know, their neighbors are, who, who want to do the work. They have some sort of context for what it's like to organize a giant rally or even set up a social media account that provides information for how to make change in your city. That infrastructure for activism that, you know, people used to have to go outside Martinez for is now within the city and, and kind of within Martesians' hands at this point. And Justin tells me, like, this is a long game. I think right now other people are organizing in the community want to see change now. They want to see the policy shift now. They want to see city council members change now. But again, going back to the history of this town, the multi-generational families, there's people here, their roots are so deep. Uh, their understanding of this town is so rooted in what they have known for decades without it really changing. But that change is now here. Thank you so much, Devin. Thanks, ECG. The botched systemic racism task force the city of Martinez tried to create is still tabled for now, but Devin says some still see it as a potential avenue for change. Some activists believe that if the task force is done right, there will be no denying racism in Martinez, a slice of validation and a solid foundation for the future. Devin Karayama is the host of The Bay. Thanks to him for reporting out this story for us. This is the second in our three-part series before the election about local activism, racism, and policing. On Monday, we'll wrap things up by going to South San Francisco. The Bay was produced this week by me, Devin Karayama, and Alan Montecilio. KQED's senior leadership team includes Vinnie Tong, Ethan Tovin Lindsay, Jessica Palachek, Eric Aguilar, and Holly Kernan. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks for listening to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. And then, how do you spell Martians? <laughs> M-A-R-T-I-Z-I-A-N-S, I think. What? I think I just did it. I, I suck at spelling in my head, but I think I just did it. Marti, it's like Martizians. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Thanks.